Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger, we hope you enjoy your trip along Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. Now is the time, now is the best time, now is the best time of your life. Little orange bird, little orange bird, in the sunshine tree, in the sunshine tree, won't you think something sunny just for me? And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 675. And together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, community, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So after more than 14 years, and the first time I've ever done this, it is time to revisit the top 10 smells in Walt Disney World, with a little bit of history, science, trivia, and memories along the way. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week, more updates, and a new contest at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. talk about Mickey Mouse for an hour a week. You're going to run out of things to discuss in just a couple of months. And nobody is going to listen to you ramble on for an hour about Walt Disney World. That is just some of what I heard when I said that I wanted to start a podcast back in 2005. In 17 years, and some shows that go way over an hour, I'll admit later, here we are. And in 17 years... And more than a thousand episodes, including the original podcast, the videos, the live shows, etc., I have never repeated a topic until today. Why? Why now? And why this? A little bit of history. Back in 2008, on show 75, not coincidentally, 600 exactly episodes ago, I had an idea for a top 10 that, admittedly, I was hesitant to do. Uh, Nobody was going to get it. It wasn't going to make any sense. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. Now, some of those may obviously be true, but I I very hesitantly, this is true, I very hesitantly pressed publish more than 14 years ago, and boy, was I wrong. Like, you get me. You, You really do get me, because my fear of you not knowing what I meant when I talked about what the musty water smell in Pirates was, was very quickly and very overwhelmingly eradicated. And 
while I am not a numbers guy, that show still remains one that is referenced and I hear people talk about and hear from people talk about nearly a decade and a half later. But as we know, Walt Disney World is not a museum. Things change, attractions and entire buildings come and go, and new, exciting, and wonderful additions are put in their place. And as time goes on, and technology improves, and we as guests set even higher internal expectations, the experiences in Walt Disney World become more immersive and really do touch all five senses in 360 degrees, including the sense of smell. And so this week, we're going to revisit our top 10 smells of Walt Disney World. And joining me this week is someone who knows a lot about smelling. I I mean sense. I mean Disney sense. She is Lisa Donato Glasner from the Castle Run and, more specifically, CoreMemoryCandles.com. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm crazy excited to talk about this topic and for another reason that is about to be disclosed. Yikes. Yikes. And speaking of yikes, I want to welcome back little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine and Guide to the Magic, who originally thought that Musty Water was a cologne from the 80s like Dracar Noir, Fahrenheit, Calvin Klein Obsession for Men, Cool Water, and High Karate. Little Timmy, welcome back. Thanks, Lou. So many things to correct there. I still think Musty Water is some cologne you made up. And I like how you snuck that in the intro. So I can't even say that. Right away, you took it off the list, even though that was before. Tim, I can, I can assure you of something, that the words Musty Water were very, very quickly and repeatedly going to come <laughs> up. If they didn't, we were going to be doing this show very, very wrong uh, because Musty Water is really sort of the foundation of this episode. And I really did, I, I sort of always- And, and let think, me just cut in. I'm sorry, Lee. That was the other reason. I've never been on a show with Tim and that is the other I, No, I, I was so going to say, Lou, I, I want to know what this reason is. Lisa's all excited about being on the <laughs> no, show. To record it clearly Tim's must be coming so soon. Ah, <laughs> she's as uh, giddy a, a, of a school girl as a schoolgirl over there. Me too. Um, and I did want Lisa to come because obviously you understand the importance of smells, right? It is it is the sense that is most associated with memories or dare I say core memories for the free shameless plug and memories that are especially emotionally evocative ones like we are surrounded by in Walt Disney World. And I think, too, and as I said in the intro, like we're finding more and more smells in the parks are often being utilized to enhance the overall experience, not just even in an attraction, but in a resort lobby or just sort of outdoor areas of the parks. Yeah, I think, you know, this is such an interesting topic and there's so much sort of neuroscience behind the the power of scent and how primal it is. Um, and Disney has always been so, so smart about this and um, very openly, you know, via Smellitzer and, and other things, um, you know, using the power of scent to drive that home and drive those memories home. Um, and I don't know if we thought at all, if we're going to talk about like the parameters of what we were all thinking about when we were putting our lists together. But I know like for me, 
going forward with that thought, you know, it's not so much about, oh, this lobby smells so pretty or this scent smells so nice. Some of the smells on my list are not objectively good smells at all. Um, but there are these the smells that have sort of like permeated these quiet moments that I've had at the parks over the years. Um, and they're the ones that I find myself going back to and trying to replicate when I'm missing the parks. Right, because like we were saying, you know, from a purely scientific point of view, we as humans have more unique receptors for smells than we do for sight. So a lot of times if we smell something that reminds us of Walt Disney World, it is it's very specific um, and, and it very much sort of is, is, I think, even sometimes more clear than our visual memories. And it's interesting as sort of we, we think about the integration of smells into experiences that might not necessarily have it before. Did you know, because I'm a trivia nerd, did you know that Disney was actually the very first filmmaker to ever explore the idea of using scents in a theater? Do you know? And if not, it was, oh. you know, you, it's true. What no. film did Walt ori- originally want to use smells for in? <gasps> I remember this story and how they wanted to do it and the theaters couldn't like wouldn't budget it. And I don't remember what movie it was. Fantasia. Fant- wow. Tim, good look at you on the ask. Jesus. Look at me. Look oh. at me. I almost said old yeller, but I didn't think that. was. <laughs> yeah. So because of the expense, uh, they were not able to integrate smells into the theaters. Um, General Electric, actually about 12 or 13 years later, actually developed something called Smellorama. Where they had this this three dimensional image of a rose, and the scent, but they also couldn't figure out how to involve it into um, a, a movie theater experience. You guys are both. I'm hoping that you listener is going to. Do you remember back in the early '80s? There were a couple of movies that actually used not smellovision, sort of pumped out into the theater. They used scratch and sniff cards. And I think the first movie to do it was a movie called Polyester by John Waters. And as things were popping up on the screen, it would tell you to scratch. Stop laughing at me. It's true. You'd scratch and sniff something. Uh, as you, I think it actually, I think supposedly they used it in in like the fourth or fifth Spy Kids movie too. Like it's something that that they wanted to try and integrate later on into the movie-going experience. Um, but as you mentioned, Lisa, Disney developed this smellitzer like the howitzer in order to artificially pump out smells that Disney knew from a, you know, uh, a psychological, sociological perspective would be um, important and, and integral to the experience. And I think we'll talk a little bit more Um and, and how some of those scents are so closely tied to our our memories because we know that these scents can trigger memories and more importantly, emotional responses. And I think that is, is the real important part. And I think certain smells have certain type of emotional impacts and effects. Look, aromatherapy is a real thing that goes back you know, hundreds, I, th- I think it goes back to like the ancient Egyptians and the Chinese sort of using ar- aromatherapy because they understood the importance and the evocative power of smell. There's so much knowledge being dropped right now. I can't, this is amazing. 
Who'd, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk I, you know, the cool I would say something relatively intelligent on a show. Went right into the science. It was great. I think the cool part about this is we're going to find out as, a, as I'm doing my list. At least you talk about how do how do we decide what to do? Is you make the distinction between those aromas. Calling them smell seems kind of not nice. So I say aromas. The aromas that are introduced deliberately versus the happenstance ones. But which we'll explore, but sometimes those are the ones that evoke the strongest memories. As we'll find they out. Both have, they're both on my list. Very, yeah. they're, they're both yeah. very present on my list, deliberate and not deliberate. And there is this continuing trend to want to integrate this very important um, human sense into other experiences. You know, smell-o-vision and aroma-rama, like those are things that are, you know, coming into some of the 4DX experiences as well. Um, there's actually somebody, um, I believe from Harvard, who is working on a technology that is going to allow your phone to be able to share sense as well as images and text, which is just bizarre. Um, and, and I think, and I think as we see too, like, I think sometimes when we think about certain sense, I was thinking about this as I was going through my mental list and some of the attractions. It's so interesting how we kind of think about smells and color, right? So if you think about citrus, you're in that orange and, and yellow range. If you think about, um, you know, grassy scents, we envision things that are green. And, and certainly that science is is very much deliberate and intentional in some of the things that Disney does as well. So I want to get right into the list. And I'm curious as, and, and Tim, you know my feeling not just guests first. I still believe in ladies first. Chivalry will never be dead, in my opinion. I want you to talk to me about how you started to assemble the list. Was it, you know, you closing your eyes and thinking about some of those first powerful scents that come to mind? Is it the classic Disney scents? Is it the most fragrant or pungent ones or that are, for you, Lisa, subjectively tied to personal memories of the parks and resorts? So I come by my list really, really honestly, because when I wasn't local to Disney, I really, really wanted to be local to Disney and sort of yearned for the parks a lot when I wasn't here. Um, and so I was just trying to bring things into my home that would make me feel connected to this place when I couldn't be here. And scent was a big one for all of the reasons that we just talked about. Um, and so my list kind of started back then. And it was just sort of, it was, it's, there's nothing really, I mean, there are some objectively wonderful smells on my list, obviously, but there's nothing like objectively beautiful necessarily about everything on this list. It's really like the sense that brought me home when I wanted to be here. And that's kind of the heart of my list. There's lots, you know, there's other things on it. There's some that just sort of smell beautiful. They're newer and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure it's really like a list of the, I'm sure those objective and subjective smells probably were, and we'll talk about this at the end, but probably were what led you to this idea of us as Disney fans wanting to not just go to visit those scents, but bring those scents back home and sort of the creation of what those core scents were going to be for the core memory candle line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the 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 scent that kind of brought me home when I needed it the most um, 
you know, were the scents that I then connected with that much more as a local, of course, and in creating core, core memory, which is my line of like candles and other products that are based on these scents. Um, it, it was, it was, it was an attempt to honor exactly that thing. And I'm not the only Disney scented candle company in the world. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be, but the way that I've done it has been to try and quiet, quietly honor those scents in the way that I always wanted to consume them. And that's sort of what the basis of the sense and the aesthetic of my, my line are based on. So I'm really curious to hear what's on your list. Cause I know when I asked him, it's going to be this incredibly like obscura go with me here type of thing. But where did you, where did you close your eyes and land on first? First of all, I'm sitting right here. I can hear you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I could start in a lot of, a lot of places, <laughs> obviously there's some softballs or some that obviously we can't not say, um, but I'm going to start with one that's a little quieter because I think it leads us into the topic nicely. Um, and that's the smell of the parks after a summer storm in the afternoon. Um, it's it's a smell of my childhood that takes me back every time. I think it's it's interesting because it's one of those rare scents that isn't a deliberate thing in the parks. And it's not necessarily a solely Disney smell, but I think to an extent it's a solely Central Florida smell. Um, and it's just that the way that the the ozone and the rain hits the ground here and the sort of lush vegetation and oxygen in the air, and then kind of how it's, you can literally see it steaming off the sidewalk um, after the rain ends and it kind of drops the temperature about 15 to 20 degrees for 15 minutes. Right. Um, and the reason I think for me that this is such a big one is that when I would come to the parks as a little girl with my family, we always had to come in the summer because my mom was a teacher and I was a student and that was sort of when we could make our trips. And so it was always these really hot days, which I didn't blink an eye at because we were at Disney. Um, but my father used to always joke that you could set your watch to the afternoon storms at 4 PM every single day. Um, and so when I smell that smell, I think it just takes me back to that time and that time with him. Um, and again, like I love, I love that. I love that Disney understands this enough to use smells deliberately, but I wanted to lead in with something that wasn't necessarily deliberate because those are so much, those are just as powerful. Um, it was on my list. It, wow. It is. On, it was on my list. Um, I, I love a good, I, I actually love the late summertime, early fall lightning and thunderstorms here in Florida. Um, call me weird. I'm sure it wouldn't be the first time you called me weird, but that's fine. And I love that there's a, you're, you're right. There's a distinct smell here versus like when I lived in New Jersey, I don't know how to describe it, but um, it just, my, my lit, my note said Florida after a rainstorm. How, how am I supposed to follow that? I'm done. <laughs> that was fantastic. It was her first one. I know. I, it's, it's Good night, folks. Just talk about the musty <laughs> water and pirates and get it over with. Go ahead. That's fine. You know, when you go on pirates and there's this musty water smell. Now, I have, um, I'm going to cheat right out of the gate and do it oh, too. A shot here, so. um, again, so this is kind of actually a mix of uh, the a, a deliberate imagineering touch that they added to an attraction and then an inadvertent one, but it might be even more powerful to me as far as the sense memory goes. And, um, this is in Spaceship Earth, and the the obvious one, I think, in Spaceship Earth, when you're talking about aromas and scents in Walt Disney World, is, of course, the, the burning of Rome scene and that barbecue charcoal scent, whatever you want to call it. Um, actually maintain if Disney 
this is a million dollar idea right here if they're listening if as we'll explore other attractions if they were to set up a stand at the exit of spaceship earth as you came out that sold like barbecue chicken or ribs or something they would clean up they would clean up because everyone's in that mindset and it always reminds us of the whispering canyon and the wilderness lodge which is kind of another topic but i throw that in there Tim, but please the, stop eliminating our entire. I know. I'm, I, this is what Lou does to me. <laughs> Tim makes no, but, but he just mentioned but, thirteen things in, I know. in two sentences. I'm learning. See, six hundred shows later, is that what it was? I'm learning how this works. But for but and that was just an aside because actually, I'm sure I said this in the first show. So I'm trying to come up with other things I might not have said. Uh, one in Spaceship Earth, though, that. I didn't think of right when we did the first show, but it has struck me over the years is when you're just entering and you're walking up the queue and you enter the loading area. And it's one of these, these, these happenstance rooms are kind of hard to describe sometimes like that, that was that uh, musty water smell. But this is like a, it's a metallic oily mechanical tech kind of a, a, an aroma, but I, it's, you know, forget the the mural, forget the scenes, forget the music. I mean, don't forget all those because those are fantastic. But when I get a whiff of that aroma as I'm walking up the queue, the greatest queue in all of all this, I am instantly transported back to that first night in 1993 when I was there and saw it for the very first time and was in this, not just a cool new park, this whole new world that I've never Never. This is Epcot's just so different and it's so cool. And I spent the whole evening walking around and that that aroma brings me back to that moment every single time I go to Spaceship Earth. Yeah. So I just wanted to be clear from my own sort of list because you mentioned so many. You are talking about the Rome burning, the smoldering embers, right? Okay. Yes. It it was the first thing. Well, no, I mean, the, the first time I was the second time I was talking about the queue. The queue of Spaceship Earth. Yeah, as you want. Were you paying attention, Lou, to anything I just said? No. Lisa, you got me, right? I mean, I I, I listened. I listened uh, to everything that you said. I, just to be clear, Rome burning. But I think he threw, and- he threw along with a lot of other ones, he threw in as a reference Rome burning, um, which we're still yeah, well, talk that, about, that's the- just FYI. <laughs> and then he moved on to talk. No, I mean, the Rome Birdie, that's an intentional aroma. They, but it's that metallic when you walk into the loading area, that aroma is the, really the one I wanted to point out. Because to me, that's I love the Rome burning aroma. It's great. And, but that that metallic, whatever you want to call it, aroma as you first enter, that's the one that brings me back to that first visit every time. I almost feel like we have to now talk about Rome burning here just because the. uh the the burning books uh, as the big elephant in the room it, it and i almost sort of feel like we're almost doing it a disservice by putting it so early because it may be one of the ones and we'll talk about this at the end it may be one of the ones that is the most recognizable most powerful of all of the sense you say rome burning anyone on the planet to a certain degree knows yeah what you're talking about though that smoldering embers those um, from the burning of the library of, of Alexandria. Thank God mm-hmm. there's a backup system. To, thanks to the Thank goodness. Um, Jewish scholars. Thanks, Dame Judy, for um, telling us about it. And it's a scent that is, and, and forgive me, I don't, I'm not trying to touch anything else that might be on the list, but this burning ember scent is something that we pick up 
in a number of other locations too. I don't think we probably all ride Cali River Rapids as often as we ride Spaceship Earth, um, but that has that same sort of burning lot. I, I love the smell of burning woods. I, I love fires and fireplaces, but I live in Florida, so I don't get to do it as often as I like. But I think that that smoldering ember scent is one of the most um, so directly tied to a spe- you can you know exactly where it's from. You have a, you have specific memories of it, I, or at least I know that I do. And I think it's you know dare I say it it's an important smell that obviously has to rank very high on the list. And I'm sure, like you said, both of you have it on yours as well. Well, it is. Yeah, when I think I, it shows up. It shows up elsewhere, but never in such a like. Well, first of all, Spaceship Earth in itself is an iconic attraction, yeah. so of course, you know, we all are hyper familiar with its details. But like, it's almost a meditative moment when it shows up because it's not a scene. It's just sort. It's a scene transition. So you go from you know the the Roman scene to the the next scene, and it, the you know the Arab and Jewish scholars, and as you're turning that corner, you're really just in a in a dark corner space and there's just some glowing columns and embers in front of you. So it's such a quiet moment in itself. And I think for me, well, you took the words out of my mouth a hundred, like so many times when you were, when you were talking about it, it's, um, it's, it's such a quiet moment. And when I, like, when I talked about, like when I would miss the parks and I would want to bring them home, I would kind of be aware that that was coming when I was here. And so sometimes when I was here, I would be in a certain place and I would think, all right, really be present in this moment, because when you go home, you're going to miss it a lot. You're going to wish you were back. And, you know, and, and that was always one of those moments. It's always on those sort of quiet rides and the quiet moments. So as you're turning that corner in spaceship earth, and I would always say, okay, be present in this moment. And that was the smell and it was dark. And there was just like the embers glowing. And now that I live here, like you, Lou, I love fireplaces and summer storms and all that good stuff. And I always joke, half joke, but it's true that one of the main things that I miss about living up North is being able to light a fire in my fireplace. Yeah. It's, it's funny too. Cause when we're, uh, when, you know, I'm out there, whether it's blogging or on Instagram, whatever it is, there's, there's a few things I can count on. If I mention them, that'll trigger a great response from people. And that's one of them. If I mention any, any mention of spaceship earth and that scene. Yeah. Everybody's flooding in. Like, I love that. I love that scene. I love that scene. So yeah, it's a powerful one. If I ever am in spaceship earth and I get to that scene and for some reason it's off, I'm going to be so upset. First, I'm going to be horrified that they took it away. Although I, I, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to, you just made me think like, it's such like niche knowledge that like when you find somebody else who knows about it, you get excited because you know, like you're with your people. Like we're in Um, the club. We all know about it. Like this is like, you know, when we say Rome Birmingham, everybody who's listening knows exactly what we're talking about, but like, that's why we love them so much. (laughs) I wonder if you, if they turned it off, if it's just so permeated into the structure by now that you'd smell it anyway. No. So it was off. (gasps) No. So you might, and, and, during oh, the, no. during the early days of the parks reopening after COVID, all of the smellitzers were turned off, <gasps> and there was a noticeable absence and emptiness, not just in the park, but very specifically in that scene. It's like having it's like watching a movie without the the score playing in the background. Like something's missing, and it's profound and pronounced, 
and it's off-putting. That's how Spaceship Earth felt without the Rome burning smell. Wow. Yeah. If you wanted, I mean, did you know, I guess you experienced that. Did you realize right away what it was or was it just something's not right? What is it? It took you a while to figure it out. It took or, every fiber of my you... being to not just start <laughs> bellowing out. Where? <laughs> to not screaming. <laughs> I love uh, that comparison, though, of like watching a movie without the score. Like you can kind of feel that absence and yeah. not quite put your finger on it for a split second. Um, wow. That's cool. All right, Lisa, what's next on your list? Oh gosh, back please to me food. already, please huh? Be food. Please be food. Please be food. Could I do food? Well, I can do food. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I, I want your list to be your list. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna go straight to Main Street USA. Yeah. Um, we can't not talk about it. Um, just so I again, it's like those formative memories, and I think like whether. It, whether Magic Kingdom is like your favorite park or not, I think most of us start our trips with Magic Kingdom when we come here. And so when you when you approach and you kind of enter and turn that corner and first see the castle, the waft of the popcorn carts that hits you in the face and like all the people and like the, the confectionery and the waffle cones and Casey's, they all kind of hit you um, at one time. And it's again, like one of those, I mean, it's, it's, for the most part, an objectively nice smell. It's popcorn and cake and stuff. But I think even more importantly, it's so tied for me to like the first moments of a vacation with my family growing up when we turned that corner and that smell hit you in the face. And I'm sorry, it's such an easy one, but I started with the afternoon storm, so I deserved a softball. <laughs> well, you got to include that one. I actually had probably in 20 different forms had that on my list too, but but I'll just say, like, one of the first things when we go to the Magic Kingdom, one of the first things we pretty much always do is go through the confectionery. And it's not, sorry, Lou, it's not to get something to eat right away, but it's it just puts us in that, that Disney frame of mind. And it's mostly the aromas. And it's everything mixed together. It's the cotton candy and the candy apples and the and everything. And uh, and. You know, we, and we probably don't even think of it that way, but that absolutely has a lot to do with it, you know, going through the confectionery. And I'm sort of happy that you put Main Street USA as an overall smell because it's not, there's individual elements to it, right? There's the waffle cones, there's the popcorns, there, there's the confectionery, each of which was on my list in different ways. Because Main Street is not sort of this weird cacophony of scents, but it's almost like this transition. We'll, we'll compare it to music again. The audible transitions that happen relatively subconsciously as you walk from places like from Main Street to Adventureland and Adventureland crossing through to Liberty Square. There is this transition that happens and you don't almost consciously are aware of it but subconsciously you do and it all makes sense. And it's the same thing that happens from an olfactory perspective as you sort of hit these transition points on Main Street USA. Popcorn on Main Street has this sensation of I've arrived. It also has a sensation of this is usually the last thing that I get as I'm walking out because I'm in enter on the right side, leave on the right side kind of guy. So one of the, you know, I like to grab sometimes a, a a bucket, a barrel, whatever, of popcorn <laughs> on my way out. So that smell for me 
is very much reflective of I'm on my way out of Main Street USA, whereas the waffle cone, because I walk up the right side of Main Street USA, usually that is my I've arrived scent. It's not a visual of I've seen the castle. It's I can smell the waffle cones wafting out via the smelters from those grates below the windows of the of the uh, ice cream parlor. It's so interesting the way it's like a time progression, because there are places that I'm sure we'll talk about later in this conversation where Disney does do a uh, an intentional progression of sense that kind of overlap and work together through the course of an attraction. But the fact that that naturally happens on Main Street from walking to and, and it's even affected, like Lou, like you said, to how you walk in, like I'm like you, I walk in on the right and I exit on the left. So I usually get confectionery and waffle cones coming in and, um, you know, popcorn going out. Um, so it's such a like, it's such a progressive experience. And it's almost like, you know, like the the type of light changes as you work your way down Main Street. It's like the scent kind of progresses with it. Timothy, that's beautiful. Well, I just want to ask you. So next time we all go, we're all going to go together. But if I take you, Lou, in the left side and we go out the other way, are you going to be totally discombobulated I, I, the whole I day like i'm having a heebie-jeebies i'm having us right now i can see it i can see it you're you're very uncomfortable right now so you're a creature of habit. we all so. have it well this is a separate top 10 top 10 things that like we have to do when we go to all you're listening that, you know exactly that would be a good talking one. about yeah um, yeah yep. we have them. Uh, or all right uh, walt disney world idiosyncrasies <laughs> oh, I, I can't. Uh, we have to do that because I want to know what yours are. So I know which buttons to push. Um, so for my next one, um, I think, uh, Lisa, you mentioned this. There, there's a few obvious ones that we should knock out. So I'm just going to knock out an obvious one that we absolutely should talk about. And that is soaring around the world, of course. And uh, the, the cool thing about doing that in this show is the first time we did this show, we were still in Soren world, if I'm not mistaken. So we were talking about pine trees and oranges and all that good stuff. And of course, now we have a new, well, it's not that new anymore, but we have new experience to go. But there is a curious thing about this because there's so many beautiful aromas to catch you with the roses at Taj Mahal. The One of my favorites, that sea salt water smell that you get as you go with the Fiji islands. Um, this one is curious though. If I had to pick an absolute top favorite, I always think this is a weird choice, but everyone I talk to totally agrees. And it's that dirt earthy aroma kicked up by the elephants in Tanzania. And when I describe that to people who don't have never been there and don't know what I'm talking about, it strikes them as an odd thing. Wait, dirt? Dirt smells good. It's like, oh, you you have no idea. And I guess it's not dissimilar to uh, the freshly mown grass that you would smell in your neighborhood or something like that. But there's just something about it that's so I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's different and it's interesting. I don't know if it's more powerful or whatever. But when I talk about soaring around the world with people, they're invariably the same. I like the elephant dirt smell, you know, and it's a weird it's a weird thing. But. Maybe not so weird because we all like that one. So. And we almost so you're, feel you're definitely not alone because I have a dirt 
candle and it's so there. It see, really well. see, not well, what's the science behind this? What is this? Candle. But I think that to, to what you're saying, I think a lot of the times the smells that mean the most to us are the ones that aren't necessarily objectively pretty because they, we still love them. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, the Norway pavilion smells delightful, but like anybody would think that smelled delightful. It's kind of like it, it, it like, it, like pulls your fandom out, right. That you like the stink yeah. of the water and like, the, <laughs> like, you know, the figment slot machine smells, right. Like that's what like pulls your, your fandom out. So I think I, a lot of times it is the like weirder smells. Yeah. That I, I think part of it too, for me stuff. was, it's not, like you said, there's obvious ones where you, we were used to soaring. So we knew pine trees and even though oranges, I guess were, I guess a little unusual at the time, but made sense. Ha ha. But, um, this one, like the roses make sense and the salt water makes sense, but the dirt, I remember the first time I smelled, it kind of struck me out of that's odd. That's cool. You know, as a, as a thing. So I always maybe look forward to it a little more than the others, perhaps. I don't know. I remember smelling the dirt, like one of, if not the first time and almost like reaching up to my nose. Like I had dirt (laughs) in my nose. Like it was such a powerful smell that I've never seen replicated artificially like that like how do you come up with the smell and and kudos to the uh, imagineers and and all those who came up actually wait i'll tell you a very quick story going back in time because tim you mentioned soren obviously very much on my list the water the orange groves of camarillo the the pine needles that that surf and sand of of fiji are, are are ones that i love so so very much years and years ago um, I went and I was uh, hired to speak at <laughs> um, I was hired to speak to a um, an organization of funeral directors and how we could integrate integrate Disney into their business. I swear it worked, but they had okay. like a little trade show floor because there is, you know, obviously an, an industry. And I met um, some folks there who create the pellets that are used for the smellitzers in Walt Disney world. I was fascinated by it. And I actually ended up buying from them a little smellitzer machine that I brought to D 23 expo one year in our booth. And I had the orange groves of her, of horizons slash Soren in the booth at, um, at D 23 expo because I met them at a, at a funeral convention. (laughs) Do you still have that? Uh, no, actually, no. no I, I take that back. I they loaned me the. I, I bought the the beads, and they loaned me the smell. Oh, they loan you the device because oh. when else am I going to use that again? Well, see, that's the, the, here's a here's a fun theoretical question for you. If you had the ability to replicate this in your home, candles notwithstanding, and I so want these candles so bad, but but if you could do that, I know a girl. I think we can get. Yeah, you. we could we can make that happen. But if you could do that, that would be interesting. What one would you do it? How often would you do it? Uh, would it ruin it for you? Is it? I, it's a good question. I, like if you if you put those, if you put that dirt smell every time you walked into your house, would it lose some of its "I'm at Disney" charm? I guess it would. I, I'm going to disconnect Lisa for a second because I don't want to hear this because I don't want it to sound like a plug. But- oh no. I love candles like I and I we have like candle warmers in our house and we have a variety of scents. Thanks to core memory candles.com for all your candle needs, whatever. But it's interesting because in my kitchen we'll have the, the scent of, 
you know, apple pie or whatever it is in, in one room. In my family room, we'll have something else. And up in my office, I have a, um, a, a wax melt or two that might be something completely different. So literally as you walk through my home, it's like if you close your eyes or I put you on a little track, it's like going through a soaring version of Walt Disney World because you can instantly <laughs> sort of recognize, wait, that's a pretzel, that's a churro, that's the beach club. That's And, and so it's you, you can sort of do that um, in, in different ways at, at home because it is not only does it make your house smell pretty, but you smell it and you're like, oh, I'm thinking about cinnamon rolls, which... I'll get to sooner rather than later. Just to be clear, did you did you say you had a churro scented candle or is that just on your wish list? I do. I do have a churro. Scented oh, you do. I want to know if Lou has a churro scented oh, candle. He He's not my, saying any. He has he your has churro scented candle. <laughs> not to get weird, but he has my churro. Yeah. And I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Um, Tim, that was yours, right? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Was it yours? Yes. 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 Okay. So I'm not going to go to a food-related one, as tempted as I am, but I'm going to one that consistently um, has still to this day such a powerful, going back to what I said earlier, I have an emotional response to it, and it makes me do something that you're not necessarily supposed to do on an attraction. And stop looking at me funny. I'm getting to the punchline here. The very first time I rode Flight of Passage, I came off that attraction with literal tears coming down my face because I had the sensation of flight. I felt and still believe it is unlike, and I know it sounds like hyperbole, but it's unlike any other attraction in Walt Disney World. And there are many different scenes that have that olfactory sensation really sort of complimentary complimenting what you are seeing on screen but when you enter the caves in the valley of Moara during your flight there is this fragrance that fills the air that causes me to close my eyes and not in a bad way because I'm scared to be in the cave because I love this scent so much and it was relatively easily recognizable to me because it it very much in addition to having floral elements smells of peppermint and the reason why i recognize it so well and then i was able to sort of connect the dots is because um as somebody who was knock on wood past tense was a frequent migraine sufferer peppermint oil was one of the sort of tricks that i would use to help get rid of my migraines because peppermint oil actually helps with movements and dizziness and headaches and because it has this sort of um, uh, menthol element to it, um, it it helps to sort of relieve some of that potential dizziness or vertigo that you might get as you're on the attraction. So as you're sort of stopping and literally and figuratively taking sort of a a little pause and a breath, it does allow you to, to, if you are somebody or potentially might have issues with dizziness or vertigo i think it's very deliberate that that scent was chosen to not allow you to have that so not only is it cool and crisp and refreshing and wonderful but i think there are some relative quote-unquote medicinal aspects to it as well and it is it was very very high on my list of 
all like overall favorite scents anywhere in Walt Disney World. You're definitely not alone. I think that that is it, as new as it is. It's incredible how iconic the cave scent is and how beloved it is by everyone. And it's so smart, right? Because like you're in the middle of this thrill ride that's like very sort of in all in all sense, like every there's a lot of incoming, like that's very overwhelming to take in. And they give you this like 30 second meditative moment, like very suddenly in the middle of a thrill ride before taking off again to kind of catch your breath. And you can literally feel the Banshee breathing under you. Um, like he's catching his breath too. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just this universally beloved scene. And they were so smart to use natural scents for it that are, like you said, actually therapeutic like peppermint. You know, if that's if the therapeutic thing is true, and I and I, I love that you're digging into so much of the knowledge behind this, which is great, but I kind of wish now they would put some peppermint at Tower of Terror so I can get through it. Okay. Tim, I'm gonna get but you. Maybe a they do. A, maybe I'll put a little under my the under your on your upper lip kind of thing. There's a tiny little stick. I, I have no horses race called Migra stick. And it's this yeah. maybe three or four inch little tube that has this roll, almost like a like a ballpoint pen rolling ball at the end. And if you get migraines or dizziness or vertigo, you literally just put it on your temples or even like uh, under your nose. And in seconds, it goes away. It's, it is miraculous and completely natural. I will give her a test run next time. You, you could, could also just stick follow. your face Penelope's in one of Lisa's slow. candles. You could do that too. I mean, not Wait, burning, but like... No, don't do that. <laughs> or you could follow Vanellope's float around one of the parades because she also smells like peppermint. Oh, oh I'm in. <laughs> Where Tim, are we? Tim, what's on yours? I'm my next. Okay, let's see. Um, hmm. All right, you know what? I'll, I'm going to do this. This, this would be a good one for all of us to chime in on because it's hard to narrow down. Like you, you talked about the musty water smell. And that's We need to talk about that because that's that's a powerful one. Um. Uh, but as I was thinking about it, because um, the first thing that came to mind was pirates, because you always tease me about that. But um, there's so many other attractions that have that. Uh, and I thought I, I'll, I'll have one that I'm going to throw out there, but I, I'm curious what you guys have. I'm sure you all have entries for musty water smell, but in different attractions along the way. Um, and actually, for me, the one that strikes me as more powerful most powerful is uh it's a small world when i when i when you go down the ramp into the loading area and you're going through and and it could be exactly the same i i don't know but it's just because of the surroundings and where you are the contrast of that to the musty water smell in the caves of pirates of the caribbean it's can, can musty water smell be happy because it's it seems happier to me somehow but um but again it's one of those absolutely not intentional by any stretch it's just the the happenstance of the mechanics of a, having a boat ride indoors and all that kind of stuff not to mention the passage of time it's been there for 50 years now so but like these other ones it's when i get a whiff of that aroma as i descend into the into the loading area i'm i'm back to being that little kid and it's a small world and that, like more so than the music and the sight and everything and the and the visuals and all that, it's like you talked about that sense of smell that takes you right back again. So, and again, there's so many uh, 
quote unquote musty water smells and other attractions. So I thought, again, this would be a good one for all us to chime in on because I'm sure we've all got ones on our list along these lines. So, um, yeah, of course, <laughs> absolutely. There's a few of them of course on we do. our list as well. <laughs> The, the core of the musty water, and it might be that you're smelling it in its purest form in small world, because I think at this point, they all, the other ones have kind of other scent overlays mm-hmm. is that they have to, they clean their water with bromine instead of chlorine. And it's the scent of the bromine. That's kind of that distinct um, Disney musty water scent. I think that most of us associate it with for me. I mean, obviously pirates um, is huge and we can all talk about that, but um, a more unique one for me that I love so much is the land. Yes, um, that was on my list. Yes, because <laughs> you get that soil scent and like the ozone and like all the again, like going back to like that vegetation and like it's really so humid in there. And it's such a quiet, peaceful ride again, where you really get to soak it all in. Um, so we'll, we can talk about pirates, of course. But for me, like the land and the whole land pavilion, you know, is a yeah. conversation. We could probably do a show on the sense of the land pavilion um, from the carpet on the walls to sunshine seasons. But like for me, it's like it's the ride. And kind of again, it's another progression where you go from the um, the greenhouses into I'm sorry, when you go, you go from like the more uh, you know created scenes that you go through and then you go into the greenhouses. So there's kind of a scent progression there as well. Obviously, musty water in all of its context was. It's interesting how the same scent smells differently in different contexts. The musty water of pirates sounds, uh, smells almost more woody and sulfury, whereas in small world, it smells a little bit lighter and cleaner and living with the land has this again it's that musty water mixed with dirt and flowers and sort of going back right like you can smell the green right you can smell the plants in in living with the land as well as some of the sulfur just in the regular (laughs) floridian water but where you sort of smell the musty water differs your subjective sensation because of the context of the attraction that you're in. And then in some too, like it's interesting because it's kind of in its purest form in small world. And then in the land, it's kind of an unintentional like product of all of the, the like foliage and stuff that you're around. And then in pirates, they kind of, I think they kind of layer in, there's like a gunpowder kind of smell for the cannonballs. And there's like a sweet smell with the rum and fire. So, um, there's like the pure bromine and then like the more natural change to it. And then in pirates, I think it's the most like deliberate at this point. Musty water is the best. Musty water again. And I'm not kidding. Like 14 years ago, I remember like describing it as musty water and I'm like, nobody's going to get this. Like I'm serious. Like like, nobody's going to understand what I'm talking about. And that is, there was this moment I'm like, you get me like you, these are you, <laughs> we are like literally bonding over the musty water smell. Well, let me ask you, well, both of you, because this is something we talk about. We've talked about with many people, like our friends and family and stuff. It's come up and I, I get this when I mention this. Hey, I'm doing a show on top smells. You're doing what? Top smells. But that's the one everybody will invariably come up with first. And I'm curious if you 
have that same experience as you're talking to other people about this idea if that's at the top of their minds too as right it's up very, there it's is absolutely like the going to be one. the question that i'm going to post in the clubhouse um at www.radio.com slash clubhouse when you close your eyes and i ask you to think of a smell in walt disney world don't think about it tell me what that first sm- scent that comes to mind is put it in context share the story uh, again i'll post it at www.radio.com slash clubhouse because all of us everybody has an answer to this Everybody will close their eyes, not while you're driving, please, um, will close their eyes and something's going to come to mind. And I'm really curious as to what that is. And to your point, Tim, where does musty water sort of fall in that list? Yeah. Uh, it's, is it my turn? You're keeping score, uh, not me. I think, well, we're all just talking. That's yeah. the conversation. So... Um, my name is Lou. Well, I, to be fair, Lisa was piggybacking on my idea. I don't know if that was really her next entry or not. So I think to be fair. Oh, no, I went. Wait, you, just, she, that was yours, you know what? You know what? You're it's your show. You're in charge. It's and I don't know what I'm talking about. It does. Listen, don't worry. Lou, about it. It's your turn. Listen, it's been too long since somebody mentioned something that didn't smell like dirt or sulfur or <laughs> or musty water or bromine or chemicals. We need to get something that smells delicious. And if I close my eyes and I think about a scent that reminds me of something tasty, like my mind is, is waffling, waffling, accidental pun, waffling in, betu- in, in between the two. But unless you're driving, close your eyes, close your eyes, and imagine you're in Mickey's Philhar Magic, and that smell of the apple, the fresh baked apple pie with the cinnamon and the cloves and the graham cracker crust, and you can just sort of feel it all around you, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about being at your grandmother's house or... Thanksgiving dinner or wherever those connective memories of having apple pie, July 4th, whatever it is, come to mind. I, I will tell you that when I first smelled it, when when PhilharMagic first opened, gosh, so many years ago, I remember being in the grocery store, I guess it's what, like 2005, like summer 2005, I remember going to the grocery store and trying to find like aerosol spray that smelled like it because I wanted this scent of um, I wanted this sort of to recreate this kind of scent at home. Like I remember I know that like Glade or something had like an apple pie spray. It was close, but it wasn't quite the same thing. I I may or may not be having uh, the poison apple scent burning in my uh, in my office right now to specifically bring that one home i'm glad you said that one because it was on my list but i was was afraid i'd bring it up and you would say well yeah of course little Billy foster (laughs) but no i love that one and that's uh well you mentioned when you go on main street and you get those first aromas uh that's one thing but when I'm at the Magic Kingdom, that's when I know, or that's when I feel like I'm there, or at least I'm at Fantasyland is when I smell that. Yeah. What can it's you fun say? Too, Again, right, to think to bring this conversation semi full, semi full circle. Um, 
when we were talking about how Walt wanted to have the sunset phantasmic and the theaters couldn't afford it. And it's like all these years later in his park, we're doing what he wanted to do. It's just kind of a cool, cool little homage. Um, and they, and again, yeah, if they put up, I'm sorry, if they put up a, a snack cart at the exit with apple pie a la mode and little thing, they would clean up. They would clean up. I hope they're listening. Or even Is like it- a little, like one of those like handheld. Okay, wait. When I used to go to grocery <laughs> shop with my mother and I'd be in like Food Town or Pathmark in New Jersey and Drake's made like those little like apple pies, like in the yellow and the green and white thing. And I would. Yes. Do it as or you go to oh. McDonald's as a kid and they had like yeah. an apple pie that was like 14,000 degrees and you'd obviously burn your face off. But who cared? It was worth it because it smelled and tasted so good <laughs> and was probably good for you, too. I'm telling you. It would all like leak out the end. Right <laughs> into it. <laughs> Scalding your arm for that's a whole. Way. I had to cook those, but that's a whole other story. So, but, but yeah, oh, how good would that be, Lisa? We're back to you. Oh, good. Um, so I'm going to go with another good smell that's a little different from what we've been talking about because it's not in park. Um, the shower products, the bath products. So. There's such a specific scent to the H2O stuff that like earthy, like eucalyptus kind of smell. And it's, it was so funny. Cause like when I would come here on vacation, I would pack shampoo and conditioner to use. But then when I would leave my vacation, I would have like a suitcase full <laughs> of these little sample size. Now they have them in the pump. They're smart, right? Um, in the shower, but they used to be able to take the little bottles home. And I would always have all the bottles. Um, and every single time I would pack shampoo and conditioner from home, but then leave with a suitcase full of H2O bath products. And like when you would need like a little hit of Disney, you could like pull one and use it in the shower. <laughs> when you need you, a little hit of Disney. <laughs> when you, you, you know, know you're what? missing Disney and you want to feel close to home. Well, you just made my day because you reminded me I have quite a collection of those little H2O bottles. <laughs> In my bathroom, I forgot about some. We're and done here. And people sell them on eBay. Like they're a thing. Get, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I'm going to go get a hit of Disney when we're done. <laughs> Love that. Right, and and now it's they're H2O products, right? That that Disney uses, and mm-hmm. and you can buy those. You can buy those in the store and and on mm-hmm. um, the Shop Disney website. Mm-hmm. Their stuff is actually really nice. Yeah. Do they still have, I, it's been a long, do they still have, for a while they had one that was like a tea tree. It was like a green tea, like scented shampoo. It was, yeah. oh God, it was so good. I love it. Stop Can I throw like in a We all know, we all have our, our favorites. Go ahead. No, I know. I, I actually me. remember that one you're talking about. Can I, can I throw in an, an out of order piggyback one on that one? Because I totally didn't have this on my list, but that, that reminded me when you're talking about that and we're talking about bath products and stuff. One of my favorite, it's going to sound weird, but one of my favorite places to shop, um, even just to browse, is at the Grand Floridian at Basin White. And to go get, I, I'm the, I go in, I get that salt, sea salt scrub and go to the sink and God, why? Because you can wash your hands there and dry them off. But, uh, but you can, you can try out all these different soaps and stuff. And that made me think of that. And I didn't real I forgot about having that on my list, but that's that's something we do every time 
when we go to the Grand Floridian for whatever reason, we make a point to go in there and just browse around and and uh, get, catch a scent of whatever uh, scent of jour we want to try that. Day. You know, that's right. Because the last time you were here, or one time you were here. We, we didn't we the, do that? Yeah, you made me come up the basin with you. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a little weird. You're like, here, try this scrub. I'm like, dude, I'm good. Yeah. But no, I my hands. Scrub and I love it. And my your hands. Is, and my, my hands have never been so soft. That's right. Your hands are very gentle. <laughs> and you but... made it weird again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but we, well, actually, we tell people at the Grand Floridian, that's a great overlooked attraction. Go over there and w- go and wash your hands. I mean, it's it's better than that. But. So I'm going to sort of combine a couple into one, if that's okay, because it's a it's a it's something that I that reminds me of a single location, but it also reminds me of a time of year and a certain event. And I had on my list all year round, ye old Christmas shop. Because if I ask you to think about what some of the seasons smell like, I'm going to imagine that your mind probably goes first to wintertime, Christmas time, and the smell of cinnamon and apples and pine. And that's exactly how ye old Christmas shop smells all year round. And it's this wonderful like respite, especially from the heat and humidity sometimes in August to walk in. And we talk about sort of these transformative places and experience. And all of a sudden, you're not in the sweltering humidity of central Florida, but you are in this northern New England coastal village town in the winter. And you can almost hear the crackle of a fireplace and smell those pine needles and the apples and that connected me to Christmas in, in Magic Kingdom, especially like during the parade and some of the specific scents that they pump out, um, not just some of those wintry smells, but the sugar cookie and the peppermint candies and, um, you know, Goofy's float and that the smell of Christmas in Walt Disney World, in that shop specifically, and then during the the Christmas parties um, is one of my all time favorites. Christmas at Disney was an item on my list with all those things. I think there's and like the gingerbread houses and the trees and like it's, it smells so good. And the Christmas shop is it, that's interesting. You like peppermints because there's some peppermint in the smell at Christmas shop. God, I would love a gingerbread cookie right now. See. Yeah. Oh, hey, well, how the gingerbread houses when you're visiting them in the Grand Floridian or the Beach Club or wherever. And, oh, you get that gingerbread smell. <laughs> hey, if we're throwing holidays, let's throw in Halloween and a little pumpkin spice. Because that 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 always struck when you were asking, what do you think of first? I probably actually would have gone Halloween right next to Christmas. But no, but love Halloween, too. A lot of the same aromas, but some different ones. But uh, that's a great one. And again, because this is, this is not a top 10, Lisa, what else do you have on your list? <laughs> Are we already at that point? I have like probably. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, I three like times you had three. A lot on my list too. So maybe we do one more each and then our honorable mentions. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> Lisa's got 16 rough. pages of notes. So, well, I get so excited about this topic. Um, you know what? There's one you haven't done that surprises me um, that I'm going to go ahead and say then is Mitsukoshi. Um, I love 
So, and that's another one that's just like an amalgamation of all these things. There's like the snacks in the back and the sake bar, obviously the incense that's burning and like all the paper and they, when they, it's not as prevalent now. Cause they used to do the, that big area where they would do the oysters. Um, so you would almost get like a little musty water in there too. Um, and that's a spot that like, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like because it's such a, I, I love the store for, it's probably my favorite store in all of Disney world, but it's also a big open space and someplace that I find myself like hanging out to kill time or like running into during a storm. Um, so it's a place where I kind of end up often when I'm not necessarily doing something else besides kind of taking it in. Um, but yeah, I love the smell of Mitsukoshi. I know, you know Japan what? was on my list, so you know it was on my list. Well, I'll tell you the, the notion of Mitsukoshi department store being the favorite store in all of Walt Disney World. That is the correct answer because that is my favorite store in all of Walt Disney World. And yeah, it's the same. It's it's it, like you said, it's it's neat that it's so big, but you you walk through and you get you experience these different things you go through room to room which is cool and i like hanging out in that middle room with the incense a lot but uh but yeah but the whole thing is oh so good tim what's next on yours oh gosh um let's see all right well i'll do this surprised that nobody has mentioned something yet but well maybe i'm gonna do it but i'm not sure so we're talking we're talking about going on uh, Main Street USA, getting that first whiff of something in the parks. I talked about I'm home in Fantasyland when I am Magic or Epcot at Spaceship Earth. But before you get to any of the parks, for me anyway, you ride that first and best and greatest attraction in all of Walt Disney World. And I can see Lou smiling, so he knows we're going. This would be the monorail, of course. And it has... I, you know what? I was I was trying to think of how do you describe what the monorail smell? It smells like the monorail. It's like a it's 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 the new car smell that's 50 years old. Maybe that's a good way to put it. I don't know. But um, it's it's I mean, the monorail is so perfect as your first entry into Walt Disney World for so many reasons. And that's one of them. And it's it, it might not occur to you, but it just hits so many senses. Uh, you hear that you know, please stand clear of the doors and everybody can recite that. And when you hear that, when you hear the thunk of the doors, you know, you there, the visuals, obviously um, it's an amazing thing to look at, but that the, the aroma too. And that's right up there with all the other sensory experiences you have when you get on the monorail. And, and again, when I'm getting on it the first time I can see it, I can hear it, but just smelling it, which sounds kind of weird, but instantly probably one of your first, I'm at Disney moments, you know, um, and there's so many of them that are inspired by smell, but that that's, that's a powerful one for me. So, and that stays with me no matter how many times I ride it every time I get on same thing, Tim, we have either known each other too long or we are more alike than I care to admit because I had the monorail on my list and the note was sort of that I, you, you cannot describe it but you know it and we're Mm -hmm. not talking about let's be clear we're not talking about the summertime late afternoon ew it smells like the people in the monorail smell that's very different (laughs) we're talking about just you in that empty monorail and and it is sort of like that old 
new car smell. And, and I tried to sort of, you know, it's like, like some of the other scents that we're talking about, trying to relate it to an ingredient or even if you're talking about like a wine, well, it, it you can taste the oak and you can taste the cherries, <laughs> and you can taste the plum. I can't do it with the monorail, but it's one of those as a Disney enthusiast, if you know, you know, and if you've ridden the monorail, you know the scent that we're talking about. It's, I'd be very curious if anyone is able to articulate and really sort of put into words, what does the monorail smell like? Not the people in the monorail smell. Looks summertime <laughs> in Walton World is hot. We all get it. But what does the monorail smell like? Well, I want to hear Lisa. She has an answer to this. <laughs> she would know. She's trying to figure out how am I going to do a monorail candle? Well, that was my first question. Is there a monorail a, candle? I think it would sell more as a gag gift, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I associate it with the smell of um, like Berber carpet. Like that, because I like the carpet. I don't know if it's literal carpet, like but the walls, like what's on the walls is like that Berber carpet smell. That's that's what I associate it with. I like it. Why not? So for my last one, and I know we'll hit on a couple of quick honorable mentions, but for my last one, I'm going to consolidate a few that I had listed separately and I will. I will bet you dinner at the boathouse that you have these on your list as well. And I will consolidate the lobbies of Walt Disney World. And I think when a lot of times if you say a lobby in Walt Disney World, the instant sort of gut reaction is to go to the Polynesian, maybe the contemporary, maybe yacht and beach. But there are so many and and those are all wonderful, comfortable, familiar scents. But... I like places like Wilderness Lodge. It again, it's that fireplace. It's you can almost smell like cloves and and timber and spices and and woods. That it doesn't matter what time of year you go, you almost have you almost sort of gravitate over to the fireplace because there is this sort of wonderful warmth and and smell that it has all year round. And I think if you go up to sort of the secret study area on that second level by the fireplaces. I think that's one of the best places to really get a sense of it. Uh, The swan and dolphin have remarkably beautiful smells. On my list. Yeah. Thank you. In their lobbies. And you know what, too? Don't judge me. If you go to the stand, you stay at the swan and dolphin, the sheets, whatever type of like... (laughs) (laughs) detergent or fabric softener they use like the sheets smell god they're so comfortable too but the sheets smell (laughs) so good and i love 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 the smell of the riviera um the riviera Mm. very very quickly became one of dare i say probably a top three resort for me and the only I, i i've tried desperately to figure out what the lobby smells like and the only thing that reminds I'm, I'm a big tea drinker and it reminds me of like jasmine black tea and it's bergamot. what is it? It's it's bergamot that that's what it smells like. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love the Riviera. Gosh, sitting in Voyager's lounge with a nice little cup of something. Oh, that's a nice day right there. <laughs> Lou, thank you. I just like my whole body just exhaled in relief because you just tackled like <laughs> most of the to my list in one fell swoop and I'm so happy. It's a gift. And I will say you're not alone. Um my 
we've we haven't given it proper homage, but the ocean air scent is the most iconic scent at all of Disney. And we've mentioned it in passing. It shows up in Flight of Passage and obviously Contemporary and Bay Lake Tower and Beach Club and Yacht Club. And it's that ocean air scent that's kind of so iconic at Disney. And we associate it very much with Disney World. Um, my it's like, Riviera. It's like Kramer from Seinfeld. Like it's, it's like the beach. It smells like the, the beach. beach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's but it's everywhere at Disney and it's you know it is the most iconic Disney scent like we haven't given it proper homage in this talk because it's just such a given probably but it's it is the most iconic Disney scent I think it's setting aside maybe maybe pirates <laughs> um but my Riviera candle has overtaken my ocean flight candle in sales like by what? like the Riviera scent is so beautiful and it's so um it's beautiful and it's floral without being overly feminine because like you said, it's sort of notes of tea rather than hard flowers that are coming at you. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, this thank is you, me just looking you, around my office. For... I don't seem to have a Riviera candle. Cough, cough. <coughs> oh, and I'm sold out. <laughs> <laughs> but I Luke, you dropped a hint there. You might want to. <laughs> I will. I will remedy that quickly. All right. So very quickly, Lisa, then Tim, honorable mentions that are on your list. So, like I said, thank you for what you just did because you just made that so much easier. Um, but um, I can't not mention the Haunted Mansion. I, the musty air of the Haunted Mansion is is like such a powerful pull for me. The caramel, when you walk into Caramel Kuch in um, Germany, um, obviously Riviera we just talked about. And um, last but most definitely not least, and I haven't mentioned it because it's extinct now, sadly, um, but it came in two forms and that's the orange blossoms scent. Um that was originally in Horizons and then was in the old Soren, and now we don't have it anymore, sadly. Um, but that's like that's like the smell of my childhood. Like I remember turning that corner into that orange grove room in Horizons. That might be my earliest childhood memory. So it'll always be on my list, whether it is still at Disney or not. Tim, love those. I'm glad you said Haunted Mansion too. <laughs> that's a big one. That's yeah, those oranges. One to, that's a tough one to sort of put your finger on. Like, I yeah. know what the mansion smells like, but I could never describe what the haunted mansion smells like. Oh, well, I would say musty, but not it's not musty water because there's no water in there. But uh, it's like an old house. It smells like an old house. So, um, let's see. I, you know, it's, I'm glad you said the swan and dolphin, though, because uh, I had that on my list, and I never know how to describe it. The best I can always come up with is like tropical bubble gum, but I, you know. Maybe there is a literal thing for what that is. Um, uh, let's see. The again, extinct, but one I always remembered was uh, you call it swampy, damp. The the dinosaur scene from Ellen's Energy Adventure, Universe of Energy had had that distinctive swampy prehistoric aroma to it, which was fun. Um, I'm just happy you didn't say it smells like Ellen. Like this, it smells like <laughs> Ellen. Like I would know, but um, uh, of course, there's new sense. So you talked about. Flight of Passage being a newer arrival. Uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, of course, has its own kitchen food sense to uh, for a new a new generation of Disney goers to experience. And I've I've only ridden that once, so I'm looking forward to really digging, you know, picking up on all the subtleties of the attraction at being one of them. Um, flowers is a, a you know big one. There's lots of flowers around Walt Disney World. You can't even really talk about all of them, of course. Um, one thing I put down just in referencing flowers was uh, memories of Flower Garden Festival and also of the, uh, the the pathway leading from the Imagination Pavilion into World Showcase. 
I has always had roses and it was literally when we talk about stopping and smelling the roses, that's where I would do that. Um, the Plaza Rose and, Garden. And I, I was going to say, yeah. I now brought, brings to mind. Oh, that's right. The Plaza Rose Garden. I remember that. Um, one thing I remember from Flower Garden, there's so much to talk about. Of course, that's a whole other show, but was and I don't know if this is their Lou this year. You could tell me because I haven't been there yet. Um, in France, they had a perfume garden where you would uh, the, the gist of it being uh, here's the these are the flowers that inspired many of the perfumes you might be able to find in the gift shop. But it was neat. It had little little uh, stations you could lift up and, you know, uh, smell this flower and this flower and this flower. And that was a fun thing to do. But um, but again, so many flowers to talk about. Where do you start? So I'm just going to leave it at that one. But um, I think that actually cleans up. My list. There you go. So my list, my honorable mention list is actually very small. I had a couple of just food related ones, which I didn't think necessarily bore their own position in the top 10 because like the cinnamon roll from Gaston's Tavern is really just a cinnamon roll, right? Like just like Mickey waffles are really just waffles and that maple syrup scent that we love. But for some reason, all of those taste better when you're in Walt Disney world. Um, I thought about animal kingdom and one of my favorite places in, in all of the parks is the lower level seating area of Flame Tree, Flame Tree Barbecue, looking out over the water, Expedition Everest off in the distance. But that it's not just the scent of roasted meats, but again, it would go back to that that fire and then sort of the, the cooking over the the wood like that. And I'll pull a little bit of a tim oh wait, you know, do you know what else too? Um Gear Deli, as you walk by Gear Deli, like in oh. Disney Springs, there's this wonderful scent that sort of wafts out from there. But if you've been to Animal Kingdom, and I actually think it smells different and it smells better, and like Tim, go with me here. <laughs> First thing in the morning on a on a on those relatively infrequent cool mornings that we get here in Walt Disney World, the damp cool trails of discovery island have this sort of rainforest like not that i've ever been to or i've been to the cafe i've never actually been to a rainforest but i imagine <laughs> this is what a rainforest smells like it's damp and it's lush and it's green and it smells like mulch and tree bark and when you get some of those cool almost like dewy mornings as you walk through especially if it's really nice and quiet um it's again it's not just the olfactory sensations but it's that wonderful mixture of all five senses in 360 degrees in terms of what you smell and what you touch eventually what you taste when you get to breakfast um in that little section that i really like as well beautiful as soon as you said that i I went there. I mean, I knew what you were talking about. So, so funny. So. And next time you come down, we'll actually go there together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but I want to know another promise. I want to, but I always deliver, right? I always deliver. I want to know from you who's listening. When you close your eyes and you think of that memorable scent in Walt Disney world, what is it that comes to mind first and what comes to mind most vividly? And if you think you can, sort of articulate why, let us know. And the best way to let us know is by going to the Clubhouse over on Facebook. It's www.radio.com slash Clubhouse. I will post that question there. You can also call the voicemail 
Tell me if you're in Walt Disney World. It's even better. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 and let us know. And then when you open your eyes back up again, I have not one, but two places and people that you need to go to. Again, Tim, ladies first. Uh, Lisa, uh, now that we have everybody in sort of the smells of Walt Disney World frame of mind, Tell people where they can find your scents and your oils and all the stuff that you've got going on at Core Memory Candles, etc. So to lead into that, my name is Lisa Donoto Glasner. My blog is thecastlerun.com where we talk about our move here and sort of recreating a life we love a mile from Disney World. And on there, most importantly, you will find my candle shop under the shop tab, which is Core Memory Candles, um, where I have a variety of candles and wax melts and oils and other goodies um, that are all made to evoke exactly what we've been talking about. And then when you're done with that, then you need to go and visit little Timmy Foster and all the good stuff he's going on, got going on over at guide to the magic and celebrations press. So I'm fifth on the list or whatever. That's great. Now we have, uh, you know what? We got so much excitement coming up. We still have our 50, uh, 50 years of Walt Disney world magic book still there with its free anniversary pin. And we're also, we have a lot of Epcot goodness coming up. We have an all new book we're working on, a new hardcover coffee table collectible book, 40 years of Epcot magic, where we're going to go in depth on everything, the attractions, the history, the whole gamut. And of course, we're working on Celebrations Magazine. Our fall issue is going to be our, our summer issue. Sorry, that's going to be our Epcot issue as well, coming out soon. So all at celebrationspress.com. Awesome. And I will link... To all of those in the show notes over at www.radio.com. Lisa, Tim, thank you. It, this is this this episode literally was six hundred weeks plus in the making uh, as we revisit and and I love the fact that we had new things on our list, Tim, from the first time we talked about um, some of those top ten smells. Uh, and even though you live here, Lisa and Tim, you come down. If you could sort of just snap your fingers right now and be anywhere in Walt Disney World just to sort of have that sensation of a particular scent, where would you go to? Spaceship Earth. Oh, you took mine. Well, I'm going to go sit in front of the Grand Canyon fireplace in the Wilderness Lodge. That's a better answer anyway. <laughs> no, I like your... Uh, we'll, we'll trade answers. because I'll. <laughs> what about you, Lou? Where are you going? Man, that Rome burning is compelling. Rome burning is really, really compelling, but I don't want to be weird and be stuck in front of Rome burning with you for hours again. Um, man, I got me. I'm thinking about some of it's that. It's only weird if you make it. Well, there, that's where we are. Um, maybe, maybe it would be. You know what? I'll, I'll go to that that smell of Christmas because it gives me nice. the apples and the cinnamon and, and pie. And if you would have picked the table at Flame Tree, I would have met you there. <laughs> oh wait. Uh, right, we'll all go to Japan when we're done. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, remember, or taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. 
And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. And what I mean by that is as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast, the contest, giveaways. They're all thanks to, and more importantly, by, for, with, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We have monthly group video calls. You have access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, early access and discounts to special events and much more. I want to quickly say thank you to some new and longtime members of the nation family, including D. Tabin, Denise O. Monaco, Stacey B., George Huang and Tom Nolan. I am sincerely grateful for your love and your friendship and your support and your help. I love being able to give back to you each and every month. You can find out how you can help the show, how to get the monthly rewards by visiting www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's and select our winner. So last week I was talking to you about how I'm not only a Spider-Man fan, but I'm a huge Daredevil fan and for lots of reasons. Go check out the three seasons of Daredevil that are now on Disney+. Plus. But anyway, in addition to being a Daredevil fan and now a Moon Knight fan, speaking of Disney+, Plus, Spider-Man is still my all-time favorite. And your question last week was to tell me, in which MCU movie did Spider-Man make his first appearance? Now, I'm not talking about the early Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man films. In what MCU movie did Spider-Man make his first appearance? Thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer is... Captain America Civil War with an asterisk. And I say that because Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Spider-Man was introduced in Captain America Civil War in 2016. The scene in Queens with Marissa Tomei and Robert, it's awesome. But technically, we were introduced to a young Peter Parker in Iron Man 2 in 2010. And if you don't remember seeing Spider-Man or Tom Holland in that film, it's because you didn't. But actually, Tom Holland and Kevin Feige have confirmed that near the end of Iron Man 2, when there's a young boy wearing an Iron Man mask at the Stark Expo that stands up to the hammer drone and sticks out his hand, and then Iron Man obviously takes care of it from him, he comes down and says, nice work, kid. You don't see that kid's face, but it's Peter Parker. And it makes total sense that he would be there. Why? Because Peter Parker lives in Queens, where the Stark Expo was. He's obviously a fan and interested in technology and a fan of Tony Stark and Iron Man. The ages completely line up. And Tom Holland said, look, I can confirm it. I had a conversation with Kevin Feige and he wasn't sure if he was spoiling it, but it's out there and he loves the idea that Peter Parker has been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since the very beginning. Tom, it's one more thing that we agree on. Anyway, sorry for that long-winded explanation and answer, but... I'm a nerd, and I love the trivia. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing not just for the WWE pin and the keychain and the bonus mystery prize, but because it was a Spider-Man question, I also said that I was going to include a special Spider-Man prize from my personal collection. It's a mystery prize. I'm going to pull something out from my collection, add it to the mystery prize, and the winner of last week's trivia contest is Rob Stewart. So, Rob, congratulations. Rob actually included the Iron Man 2 reference, coincidentally, as I randomly selected it, which I love even more. So, Rob, I hope you like the extra little Spider-Man prize in your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter. 
in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, we're going to go back to the parks, specifically Disney's Hollywood Studios and the Merchandise Shop, which is located near Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D, the Stage 1 company store. If you walk through, you notice that it actually features a checkout counter that is themed to resemble the hotel registration desk from what major motion picture? So in the Stage 1 company store near Muppet Vision 3D, one of the checkout counters is themed to resemble the hotel registration desk from what major motion picture? You have until Sunday, April 17th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the pin, the keychain, and a bonus mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me online on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Also, please be sure to like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio and turn on notifications so you don't miss a thing, including our WW Radio live show every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern where we talk, walk, tour, ride from the parks or from the home studio where I share my top five live, our Disney Plus pick of the week, your questions, contests, Walt Disney World news, and much more. Again, you can tune in every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. Also come join our spoiler support group at www.radio.com slash spoilers, where we talk all things spoiler and theories and Easter eggs. Right now, we are having a lot of fun conversations about Marvel's Moon Knight. And if you are part of the WWO Nation, we're also doing our Wednesday night Moon Knight live watch party every Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. As much as I love connecting and talking with you online, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So check our events page over at www.radio.com or on our Facebook page to find out about our next Meet of the Month, which has been rescheduled to Sunday, April 24th. I am changing the location from Disney's Hollywood Studios due to somewhere outside of a park because there is a lack of availability for park reservations for annual pass holders right now. I hear you. I'm going to move it. Check the events page for an update coming up this week. Also visit www.radio.com slash cruise to find out about our upcoming group cruises, including our two cruises on the Disney Wish, including our December Very Merry Time cruise, and our April 2023 cruise eight nights on the Disney Fantasy overnight in Bermuda and the Bahamas. To find out how you can join the fun, you can get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at mousefantravel.com. Speaking of which, while you're there, whether you're coming to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, any Disney destination or anywhere really in the world, you can visit mousefantravel.com for a free no-obligation quote. The best possible prices, all available discounts, and it all comes at no cost to you. But more importantly, I use them for more than 15 years. I recommend them to you, my friend, because it's who I trust, and I know that they will treat you like a member of the family as well. I'd also love to try and help you any way that I can. So if you're looking to turn what you love into what you do, I'd love to work with you in one-on-one coaching, a small group mastermind, or at any of my Momentum Workshop events in Walt Disney World. And if you're looking for an in-person or virtual speaker for your event, conference, or for your business or school, also visit lumangelo.com and find out how I can craft an engaging, actionable, strategic, and impactful presentation 
integrating lessons we can learn from Walt Disney and through the Disney parks. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, and all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell a friend, share a link to this or your favorite episode, and tag me at Lou Mangiello so I can see it and reshare it for you. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast or leave a quick rating over in Spotify podcast as well. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Matt Barty, who said, I listened to the Galactic Star Cruiser episode. Lou goes into detail about what to expect, breaks down the entire experience very well. It'll help you decide if you want to do it. Lou speaks from the experience of a Star Wars fan, but tells it like it is and admits you probably shouldn't take the experience if you aren't a fan, if you aren't going to embrace it as much as possible. Great podcast that I'll be listening to in the future. And Mike A says it's uplifting, enlightening. I'm a longtime listener. It's the only thing I've been compelled to ever rate. And after each and every episode, I just plain feel better. Lou finds a way to see the best in everything and everyone, and he makes a real connection. Kudos, Mr. Mangello. Thank you, Mike. Mr. Mangello is my dad, by the way. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Matt. And thank you for taking the time to listen this and every week. I know how busy you are. I know how valuable your time is. I am sincerely grateful that you spend and share it with me. I hope that the show put a smile on your face and that you always remember to choose the good and find the good in everything and every one that you encounter. And I know as tough as it might be sometimes, to be positive. And if you spread positivity, I promise you, positivity will spread and you'll feel pretty good in the process as well. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope to see you this Wednesday night on the live show or right back here again next week. So until next time, I hope it's your best week ever. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I am calling in because I just listened to your recap of the Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, and you guys brought me right back, and I had to start writing everything down because I was forgetting it already, but I was on there with my son, Zach, and it was both of our first cruise ever, and of course, we're going to do it with WDW Radio. Are you kidding me? And it's Marvel. Hello. So just a couple of our highlights. I'm going to run through them really fast. The gluten-free dining. So if you're going as a gluten-free person on a Disney cruise, do not fear. They were amazing helping me figure out what I could eat. The uh, servers, um, they had me pick everything the day before for the following meal. They even told me how to get my food on Castaway Key. Really, really helpful. That's awesome because as a gluten-free person, sometimes it can be a little daunting trying to figure out what you can eat, and it takes away a little bit of the joy of eating out, so that was amazing. The cast members. This is something that you guys didn't talk about, and I wondered if anybody else had experienced it, but I had so many cast members ask me what we were. Who were we? Were we a convention? Were we there for work? They didn't understand, and they looked at me like I had three heads when I said, no, we are a group of Disney fans that met through a podcast and a Facebook community, and we're all just here together as a group of people that are friends from the Internet. <laughs> they were like, what? So I think I had three cat, three different cast members ask me that, so I didn't know if anybody else had experienced that we were so, so busy doing trivia and karaoke 
and running around the ship doing all kinds of stuff that we didn't even get to see the Tangled show or the USO show. We had dinner at Palo. My favorite thing I ate on the boat was the asobuco from Palo, and I loved it so much, and I was talking to my server about it that the next night, it was actually at my table at Animator's Palette. How awesome was that? Every day I sat down. My wine was waiting for me. My son loved this one drink from Marvel Day at Tea. So every night it was at the table waiting for him. Movies by the pool were awesome. My only regret is that it was only five days. I need to go longer. I need to go longer. I loved meeting all of you guys. The Marvel Heroes Unite was awesome. Two words, red skull is all I'm going to say. Oh, gosh. Oh, I did the in-room gifts for Zach. Thank God I did because there was no merchandise, unfortunately. But we did do the in-room gifts, and that was awesome. I loved how our room attendants turned down our beds for us. Like, that's, that's, like, I've never had that before. Dove chocolate on the bed every night, and every night I ate all four. (laughs) Dove chocolate is my favorite. The door decorating contest was awesome. The magnets were awesome. Um, oh, yeah, putting faces to the names of everybody from the community and meeting Ray and Vanessa because they were so helpful on our Facebook page. Any questions, they had to answer. They were finding it. Vanessa, specifically, you were awesome. Um, I hung out with Ray a little bit on the boat, and he was great, too, just just wonderful. He actually gave his white elephant gift to my son, and so then I went up and told Lou to give him the last gift so that he wasn't going home empty-handed. But that's just the way we are. We are an amazing group, and we love each other, and thank you. I had such a wonderful time, and I'm really going too long on this. I needed to write a book. Make somebody smile. I'll see you guys in the box on Wednesday night. Take care. Bye. Hi, Lou. My name is Megan, and I'm from um, Minnesota. We are planning a trip next year with my family early January where we're going to be staying at Beach Club for four nights and my dream resort that we've never stayed at before, the Polynesian, for four nights. I was calling to let you know my idea for a dining experience at Walt Disney World. Um, This is one that I've actually been conceptualizing in my head for a couple years now. Um, I know that we're getting rid of Splash Mountain for very reasonable and um, logical reasonings, um, but some of the characters in that attraction are beloved by Walt Disney World fans. So my idea was to have a cafe coffee shop bakery called Sippity Duda. <laughs> um, I haven't really gotten past much more than just the name and the fact that they'll have pastries, one of them being Br'er Bear Claws. Um, I just imagine it back in the souvenir shop by Splash Mountain, and yeah, that's all I got for you. Um, I just like the name, and um, maybe have like Bluebird coffee or something like that. But yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for all that you do, and hope you have a great day. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Darlene Nagy, formerly of West Seneca, New York, and currently living in Central Florida. Just wanted to say congratulations to all of the runners this past weekend. They were amazing, as always. And oh, I have a little 
guys in the background wanting to say hello too. <laughs> there is a countdown for $118 for the Disney inaugural wish trip. And then there is 244 days for the WDW Radio Disney Christmas Time on the Wish. And the Bermuda cruise is now 365 days away for that fantasy adventure. That's going to be an awesome Bermuda Bahamas cruise. I hope you guys had a wonderful time on all of them. I wish I was able to go, but I can't. Um, you have a magical, wonderful day. Talk to you real soon. Stay positive.